welcome to the My Family Coach podcast. I'm Claire and in each episode you'll find me interviewing a guest expert to find out more about the tricky world of child behaviour, all in handy 15 minute-ish bite-sized chunks. Then I'll send you away with three handy practical tips that you can use at home. And if this episode leaves you wanting more, you can watch, listen and read from our wide range of resources while you're on the go on the My Family Coach website. With me today is Jack Taylor. Jack is an assistant principal in a West London secondary school. For the past three years, Jack's role in the school focused on behaviour systems and structures. But this year he's moved over to raising standards leader. Jack is a drama specialist and is also part of the school's safeguarding team. Jack and I are going to be discussing behaviour and consistency. Hi, Jack. Hello, how are you? I'm not too bad, how are you? Very well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I am excited about talking about consistency. When I run training, the number one thing that comes up or as an issue with sort of behaviour in schools is we're not consistent enough. So I think this is going to be um, really practical and helpful. We always start the podcast by asking you about the book you're reading. Can you let us know that? Yes. So I am currently reading uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Um, It's a book, actually, that the whole uh, senior team at my school uh, have been asked to read. And what it's about, really, is that leaders are the ones that get everybody else to buy into the culture of a business or a school or an organisation. And that's obviously vital in a school setting that everybody buys in. Um, Yeah, and it's been a really good read so far. So that's that's everyone on your leadership team is... um been asked to read that as part of development that's it yeah all of us oh I love it that I mean that's consistent as they come right isn't it exactly yeah <laughs> um I, I suppose it'd be really useful for the people listening to think about what your experience is in in relation to our topic around you know behavior and consistency yeah so for the past uh, three years I was in charge of behavior systems and structures um at my school uh, this year I have moved to a new role, but I, I can't let go of the behaviour. I'm still <laughs> involved in that. Um, I'm, I'm essentially what the role is, is developing the systems and structures that then improve behaviour uh, and ensure consistency across the school. Um, so it was a really exciting role, especially as I took on the role when we transitioned to, uh, to be a new school um, and consistency hadn't been seen or used in uh, the, the predecessor school. Um, so it was, a, it was a big role, an exciting role uh, that I took on um, at the beginning of the journey. I, sp- I suppose, I mean, that's a massive job, isn't it? <laughs> it's it... It's, it's, it was pretty big, yeah. Um, the, the most important thing is that, that the systems and structures worked for everybody. So we spoke to staff, we spoke to students, we got buy-in from from all parties um, and that helped us ensure that we had had those in place to then have consistency in every classroom um, in the school. So do you think, I suppose we might have some people listening that are classroom practitioners. So how, so you're talking about the the whole school structures that you implemented and, and made changes. What about if someone is working in a school where that's not there how can they I guess on a on a small level in their classroom help with consistency 
Yes, I mean, it it is more challenging when you don't have the the whole school uh, systems in place. I think if you're in a classroom, so you're a classroom practitioner, um, it's about following the policies that that are in place. So they're there to be used, whether they are implemented by everybody um, or not. And it's about you as a a teacher in the classroom using uh, those policies to support you. And it's being consistent in them. So... You know, it doesn't help when a member, a student goes from one class to another and that consistency isn't there. But mm. if, as long as you are consistent in your classroom, that will help you massively as, as a classroom practitioner. Mm. You know, you sparked off um, a memory. Um, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I started teaching in West London as well. I won't name the school. And um, quite, quite a similar uh, background, to, I think, to the school that you work in. And I was a GTP, the graduate teacher route, and I worked in an English department and it was so consistent in that English department. It was absolutely brilliant, but not all of the rest of the school had the same high standards or in fact just the quality of of teachers I think was was the best thing and I remember virtually in my first week walking past one of the um, maths rooms and I saw a student bouncing a ball off the maths teacher's head um, and it wasn't challenged and he was just carrying on no one supported no one helped and it was just like a school can exist with different ecosystems but it's not ideal for the kids not at all. I mean, the the predecessor school, that what you've just described was a regular occurrence. Um, you know, you had students who were not following any rules or instructions. Um, they were going from a class where they were doing what they liked and then going to a, to a really good teacher mm. um, who had planned their lesson, you know, were trying to be really consistent. But, but the struggle was there because it wasn't a whole school um ethos so there wasn't that buy-in which is vital i suppose like you said though if you are i don't know many people will be working in schools that don't necessarily have the structures set up and are having a difficult time at the moment but i suppose you do what you can in your domain you know in your world in your classroom to try and keep it as as consistent as as possible but it is difficult if you don't have the support outside of that oh absolutely and i mean the start of it in terms of consistency and and this does link heavily to behavior is making sure that it's a well-planned lesson that the students are going to engage in and if you've got that um, as the foundation then everything else uh, will be much easier. Yeah I think it's always interesting if I do sort of behavior management courses and I suppose that phrase isn't used that much but I much prefer sort of the idea that it's behavior for learning and lots of the things I've done in inclusion units and and APs has been around actually if I plan a really blooming good lesson that's interesting active has regular breaks changes topics there isn't really a chance for uh, too much inconsistency from anyone but it it, yeah and I think you know being a coming from a practical subject some would say that I have it a little bit easier because it's a lot more engaging and active and students really want to get involved but then also you have to bear in mind that you've got that much bigger space where they've got freedom to move around. And so it doesn't matter what classroom setting it is, those, those uh, systems and structures have to be in place uh, for you as a teacher mm. to make sure that, that the lesson goes smoothly. 
Uh, Jack, I don't think you have it easier as a drama teacher. I did teach drama in that school in West London when I first trained. I was the worst drama teacher ever. And I had year nine drama twice in one day. And I I ended up just playing Simon Says with them because that was all I could get them to do. But I think it takes a real skill to have that consistency when you haven't got tables, when you're, Mm. you know, if you're doing PE, uh, lessons that fills me with dread um everyone in that big space i think I, I guess you're you're a leader and it's leading by example isn't it and and sharing with staff how how to be consistent definitely so one of the things that that our, our new school is is that we believe that leaders should show staff you know what what the day-to-day should look like and so part of that is that we walk the walk, but we also talk the talk. So we, we pop into class, classes and we see how things are going and we support staff where needed. But our classroom doors are also always open so mm. that staff can come in and, and see what we're doing um, in, in our classroom. But yeah, I mean, it is vital that, that the leaders are showing the staff and doing as they're asking of the staff as well. It, yeah, that modelling, but... I always think, you know, we, we take children or and, and young people and adults separately, but as humans, we're always role modelling to each other, aren't we? And that goes from leaders, you know, working with staff and we're role modelling to the kids. Um, sometimes the kids are role modelling to us. And I think that helps with school culture massively. Um, I had I talked to you before the podcast about this weird question that I wanted to ask but when I was prepping for this I was really thinking about how do you become consistent because as human beings we're quite naturally inconsistent what do you think yeah I think I think it's a great question um, I think if you've got whole school systems in place then they need to be followed but if you don't you need to make sure that you have your own rules for the classroom and actually even when you've got whole school policies staff will have things that they want uh, they how they want students to to behave in in their classroom and it's about sticking to those all the time I remember um a member of staff uh she was struggling with with students um in her class and she would say to them I am going to call home if you continue Um, And then the behaviour continued and then she never called home. So Mm -hmm. it's about making sure that you follow through with whatever it is that you put in place. And if that means saying to a student, I'm going to do something, it means you have to you have to do that thing because it makes your life easier in the long run. It does. And it's hard in the first place, isn't it? And you might get a reaction from a student when you do put a boundary down. But actually, once that consistency and that boundary is put down, actually, the the rest of the class often kind of see it and understand the the structure of the class more. Definitely. I mean, I remember when I was a fresh-faced NQT (laughs) um, and, you know, some of the classes that I was teaching, they didn't know what what consistency was or what behavior good behavior was so I I I was going to my classroom they wouldn't really follow instructions and I made a real point of of I used my planner I wrote down exactly what I needed to do who I needed to call and at the end of that day I would then then follow through with that and because of that my life was made uh, much easier and students really did get on board and they knew that when I said something I meant it that I was going to follow through with it and 
and that that links to consistency um, hugely. Yeah, it does. I was wondering what your thoughts were on consequences. It's kind of a bit of a segue away from consistency, but it comes up on the podcast quite a lot about people's different beliefs around how consequences should be used. So I just wondered what your thoughts around it were. I'm just interested, being nosy. Um, so for the first couple of years when we transitioned over, consequences were really important to us because it helped to realign um, students and make sure that, that learning was, was purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, last year and this year, we've moved more towards uh, positive reinforcement. So we look to give more rewards and positives than we do consequences. Of course, consequences are still there. You know, we have um, detentions and we've got um, internal exclusion. Um, but where possible, we try to avoid using those because we want to reinforce that actually the good stuff that students are doing and, and even students who perhaps aren't behaving very well if they come into a lesson and they've been really focused and they're getting on with the work it's about recognizing that so I think consequences are important I, I'm not overly a massive fan of of dishing out fixed term exclusions but um, I think I think as long as you've got a really clear policy in place that says this behavior leads leads to this then I think you have to stick to that um, but I think it's more important to focus on the positives with students. Yeah, no, it's interesting because we hear, I've heard from loads of uh, different practice, uh, pra- sorry, practitioners across this podcast, and it's really interesting to hear the different ideas. I suppose, I know I've, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but I know that some schools have gone to completely no consequences and replace that with restorative practices and, and different things. So it's, it's interesting to hear the different ideas, but I think, I've, I always maintain it whenever I do any training or I work with my own pupils that like having consequences that are there and, and boundaries is, is an important part, but it should be a small part of our practice and our consistency. We want to be consistent in the positive reinforcement that you're talking about. There's a really nice triangle. I think it's called like the teaching triangle. I think it's meant for um, primary settings but it kind of it's a bit like Maslow's hierarchy of need triangle and right at the top is consequences and positive reinforcement and being safe and all of those things are at the bottom and I think I mean really that's what you're describing that we still have that system but when relationships are are there and we've we've looked after our staff's well-being and we give good CPD and, and all of that stuff actually we don't have to use them so much. Correct and and you know of course those members of staff who are perhaps uh, less experienced or who are new to a school, the consequences are, are quite important to them because it means they do have something that they can use and fall back on if, if there is a problem in their classroom. Um, so I, I'm not a, a fan of, of getting rid of them, but I think where possible, um, yeah, it's about building those relationships yeah. with, with students and praising the good. You know, there's so much more good than there is um, poor behaviour. Yeah, I, I think as a new teacher, I guess it's like a crutch, isn't it? That you're, Absolutely. You're, it's so um, it's so frightening, isn't it? When you first start, I can still remember it, that you're just looking yeah. for anything to hold on to, <laughs> to keep, make you feel safe. Um, but so we, I think um, this series, we're talking to um, Emma Clark, who is an NQT um, teacher trainer, uh, and she you know, focuses on behaviour training. So I think that would be really interesting to think about her thoughts on uh, consistency as well. That would be really interesting, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, Jack, it's been about. I actually didn't set the timer, so it's um a, a, a some time we've been, but I think it's probably been about fifteen or twenty minutes. And we try and stick to the fifteen minutes ish. Just to finish off, um, could you give us three tips on consistency, please? Yeah. So, um, I think my first tip is be consistent. <laughs> if, if you say you're going to do something, you, you have to do it. There is no good um, making, you know, telling students that you're going to phone home if you're not going to. So that's my, my first tip. My second tip is to follow the policies. So they are created for us um, and we need to follow them. And if everybody follows them um, within a school setting, then actually it'll make everyone's lives a lot easier. Um, and my third tip is start every day uh, and lesson with a fresh start. Um, you know, sometimes we do have bad lessons with certain classes. Uh, sometimes we have quite a bad day at work. But what it's about is leaving that behind, coming back the next day and having that fresh start um, and just making sure that, that you're consistent at all times with those students. And it will, it will be much easier for, for everyone. Oh, they're really practical. You're making me think back to my year nine uh, drama classes and I nicknamed, I can't remember what I called the day when I had those classes, but it's something like Dead Thursday. So yeah. I actually wasn't forgetting about it at all and holding on to it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, start, you know, pe people do it. We are human at the end of the day, but, um, but it's really important you get into that mindset mm. of, of fresh starts. It's, it's so important. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for chatting to us uh, today, Jack, and hopefully we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. All right. Take care now. You've been listening to the My Family Coach podcast. Thank you for joining us as we lift the lid on the challenging world of child behaviour. There's heaps more helpful advice for all your parenting needs on the My Family Coach website. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.